0: Welcome to Pixelate Radio on the web at getpixelated.com. That's getpixel, the number 8, ED.com. Now, here's your host, Greg Shoemaker. Hey, welcome back to Pixelate. You know, the Olympic Silverlight video experience isn't the only game in town. Technicolor senior developer Peter Matuchniak is working on a system that's going to bring you high quality cable right to your computer. All using Silverlight. Now we did this as a video interview as well. So if you want to watch it, you can go to getpixelated.com slash shows slash tech SL. That's T-E-C-H-S-L. Radio. So like I said, this uh, what you're going to hear is the audio track from a video that I did where I got a chance to, to meet with Peter Matuchniak from Technicolor and see the work that he's been doing on setting up uh, this, this system in order to stream live video um, specifically for the the sports season, to direct TV subscribers. I got to tell you, what he put together is pretty cool. I really like the user experience. I know if I was watching TV on the web, this is how I'd want to experience it. And I just want to mention one more thing before we get into Peter's interview. You know, I'm loving Twitter because it gives me an opportunity to connect with the audience. You know, blogs, you have comments and emails, great, but Basically having a, a chat open with uh, whoever's listening to the show is a whole lot of fun. So my Twitter name is Craig Shoemaker, and we should catch up on there. I always let you know about anybody who's coming on the show and kind of update about the things that I'm I'm doing in, in the progress of making shows, and I'm always interested in your input. And if you do ever want to send an email, you, know, you can always send it to show at getpixelated.com. Well, with that aside, let's get on with our interview with Peter Matuchniak. All right, so we're sitting here with Peter okay, <laughs> of Technicolor, and you're going to demonstrate for us an application that was built in Silverlight for DirecTV for the NFL,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Actually, to be correct, the initial version that we did for, the, for DirecTV for the NFL season was just done in purely in Windows Media Services and a Windows Media Player at the front end. What I was working on was creating a Silverlight version as a phase two prototype. For the next season, or for anything else that we're, any other business that's going to hopefully come our way. So, what I'd like to show you is what we did, uh, what we demonstrated at the CES show okay. in Las Vegas. Great. Um, just what I have on the screen is the is the marketing spiel. This is the uh, document I created that kind of describes, hopefully, to the layman a little bit better what's going on. The signal from the from the broadcast center coming in, and then how we did session management on. The users who are trying to select a channel and watch and making sure that, A, that those people are authorized to watch what they want to, uh, what they've selected. And secondly, they're not streaming to multiple PCs, to their friends' PCs. So.
0: Okay. So basically, this is an application that's going to allow them to watch sporting events
1: on the web, right? On the web, exactly. Okay. And to make sure that they're authorized to watch it and that they, you know, they don't abuse the system by sharing URLs and stuff. So. Okay i built a lot of stuff and I can talk more about the design. But let me show you the silver light thing because that's the bit that's kind of the eye candy piece at the moment. So and let's get this started. So, what it's doing, it's going out and this is simulating a live stream. Obviously, we're not, the NFL season's over and we don't have any other live streams coming into us the data center right now. So, we've got kind of like a, a simulator here. Let's turn the volume down here. So, this is actually coming from our data center in Anaheim. And what we've got here is, let's keep this simple, is a basic full screen display of the video. For the NFL last year, for the DirecTV uh, system, we had a small window or a full screen option. What I wanted to do here was something where a user could actually change the size of their window. And one of the nice things about Silverlight is it scales very, very well with nice. the picture. So I can go down to a tiny little you know, dot. And this is what I would do at the Consumer Electronics Show, would be just idly moving this back and forth. And people would <laughs> watch what's that? Come over and have a look. So, however big I make the screen, it fits the screen. So that was one of the things I wanted to do. The other thing was to very easily be able to get into a full screen mode without the web browser um, and then here, just get rid of all the eye candy stuff. If I'm just wow. not an old fashioned guy, I just want to watch the, the, the games the way it was meant to be watched with not, none of the other stuff happening, I can do that.
0: And the quality's great.
1: Yeah, the, this, is, this is some really good uh, stuff we've got here, and it's streaming pretty well. So what are you
0: encoding the media
1: as? Um, that's a good question. I think it's, it's all Windows Media uh, WMV files, um, probably Windows Media 9. Okay. I can't remember the exact settings, that, because we have a whole team at Technicolor that takes okay. care of that.
0: And are you the lead architect on this? Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, for the, for the TV system and, and also for this new version the Silverlight um, okay. that we're doing right now. So what I wanted to do was, for for the initial version, we had a a window with the NFL running and then scores and stuff going on around statistics, uh, real-time stuff. And I wanted to kind of place that on the screen and have all these different, what we call widgets, where the user can get kind of like a, a sensory overload of things that are happening. Here we got, you know... Here we're simulating different scores that are going on. There's a you know a game going on, let's say, let's say between LA and Chicago. The blue line indicates how far into the game we're, we've gone, and you can switch channels. So if something happens, the, this line line would change colour if someone got sent off or if someone got a touchdown. You'd see a um, a blink here. Maybe we could program it. This is one of the things I'm actually working on. Is programming it so that when something happens that you want, you're interested in, it'll automatically change channel for you. Nice. So. I'm just changing channel here. I've got these widgets giving me statistics on um games. A chat zone here where I'm talking to my friends. And if I want to get this stuff off the screen, I can just get it out the way here. And there's some nice tutorials I found on the internet. I think WinApps was one of them where he just had little red, blue and green squares that you could move around. I went straight into that and said that's exactly what I need for this. So I can move things away. I can fade things off into the background. Let's just
0: oh, so what? What did you fade into the background? Was it the
1: video or just the widgets? Just the widgets. So if you look now, you can if you can if you want to see that stuff on the screen, but you don't want to have it too too kind of overpowering. It's still there. You can still see the scores, and you can move this stuff around. Of course, when you move your mouse over it, it highlights and move it away. Very see cool. So, and it's kind of nice. I mean, you can see the power of silverlight. How you can see the bleed through, and the quality is great. I mean, there's no flicker at all. Okay, so what did it take to be able to implement a feature like that? You know what's it's it took a little while for me to get used to Silverlight as something brand new, but once I got the hang of it, I have to say a lot of this wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. It's really taking the time to make it look nice and function well for the user. So there's a whole user experience side of it. But in terms of pure functionality, I think Silverlight comes with a lot of these things already built in or very easy to access and you know, I just either by mistake discovered things or I looked at a lot of um of those tutorials on the internet that people have donated and, and said, I know how to extrapolate an idea from that. Right. So what I was trying to do here with these widgets was create a generic, let's move these back in and fade them in a bit. It make something generic where there's a box and then what goes in that box is decided by the server. So we could have a screen where we can f- configure how the user wants to see things or how we are going to tell the user what they're going to see. And then this generic block becomes something specific based on some configuration parameters so okay so I've got statistics on a soccer game that's going on on the other hand we could just as easily have weather updates or you know here we have got like a little ticker tape thing going on and I can get rid of that just as easy I can get rid of all of these and they just blow away and wherever I've left my window it will rem- remember the position so if I, if I want the chat zone to come back it remembers I put it there and if I move the game tracker over here the idea behind the game tracker by the way is to either have a picture in picture experience or Highlights um, okay. of another game, so you can actually be watching something here, and at the same time be watching some soccer over here.
0: So is that something that you would subscribe to, kind of like an RSS feed, or does it just uh, put in content in there that it thinks you might be interested in?
1: We're kind of, we're talking about how we want to do this. What I'd really like to do is, is have us be the provider. I provide like a single API that says, "Here's the one API call that you make." Uh, so if we let's say we didn't do the portal, let's say another company wanted to, to take care of that. So we'd say, well, we use an API, the same API for all these different widgets of information. But what you do is you put it in the context of the, the programming. So if mm-hmm. it was soccer, maybe we'd have, we'd offer you um, information that you could subscribe to another game, statistics on, on what's happening in other games, as well as a programming guide that's relevant to that, to that content. But, you know, it could just as easily be... Um, case a grab bag of things if you want to watch a soccer game but you want to know what's happening on Nasdaq why not So we could offer that as well okay initially we were thinking of providing it as a suite and maybe it'd be a value add for um, for if it was DirecTV or or another cable company or or another uh, provider of of, of video content that they say well we want to have some premium content that we can only only we can provide the users will subscribe to that and part of their subscription would be to get access to that content real-time while everything else is going on okay Another thing we were looking at here was the ability to skin this. So here I've got, you know, let's put a few more of these things back up here. So right now we just got the generic Technicolor. We called it a soccer cast for the uh, for the uh, CES show. Let's say I want to skin it and give it a different look. Now it's blue and it's got California United there, hmm. go back to gray. Now. What's nice about this is that potentially we could have some skinning for a team that you like or mm-hmm. perhaps advertising, maybe a predefined moments. So this all becomes red and becomes a Budweiser ad. And okay. we actually did some mock-ups of things like that. Very cool. So there's ways that, you know, someone could pay for this kind of um, streaming content by being able to have some advertising that's not too obtrusive. You know, if it's something that's hanging around the edge there and it just right. changes.
0: So you're not only... Providing a good user experience, but you're also extending the business model for the company by exactly meeting. looking
1: for ways of monetization yeah. and so on. Absolutely. So, um, so tell me about the team that it took to build this. Well, actually, I built this all myself. I spent a lot of late what? nights. <laughs> I, I was very fortunate that I had the experience building the system for the Directv uh, Supercast because we'd handled all the video streaming and we did the design and architecture from one end to the other. And they actually outsourced the portal part of it, um, so we're looking obviously to to replace that with some kind of silver light right. or flash or whatever, something that gives you a bit of a better experience. But once I'd done that, I, th- I had all these ideas. What, what would I like the experience to be? I don't want it to be a TV experience, just a full screen, and I don't want it to be a little box. Right. Even if it's got other information going on, I don't I don't want an either or. I want everything. Right. And I think kids today, they have so much going on, and they can they can. They had that expectation, I guess. Yeah. So what I was looking for was to to take it to that level. So based on what I'd learned and uh, in the in the previous season, I was collecting ideas, and then once I learned Silverlight, I just started implementing one after another. Right. My initial job was to create a very basic um, functional system that had none of the eye candy stuff, and then slowly introduce the eye candy. And okay. the more I played with Silverlight, the more I realized how much I like it. It's very easy so to work with. So how long do you think it took you to? to build this that's a good question there's a lot of little outs here in bed, so. um, i started when on this one probably in about november and i guess we did ces in january so about two or three months okay but there are there are loose ends i need to tie up i need to have more error handling uh, i need to have you know i want to make some of these things more generic some of these things are a little bit more hard-coded than i'd like them mm-hmm. to be i was always going from the from the uh, perspective of let's get something that works, even if it means cutting and pasting a whole block of code and putting it you know, below and, and, and just changing a few value uh, right. parameters. Because once you start getting into that mode of keeping things generic and object-oriented, it's a great way to program, but it does slow you down and make you think. I just wanted to just keep sure. throwing ideas out right. there. Now I'm looking at, OK, I've got the same code 15 times. Now I need to refactor right. it. And, and I find that an effective way to work on something like this.
0: So what kind of corporate buy-in are you getting? Do they like it?
1: Oh, yeah, they like it a lot. <laughs> and I think, um, obviously, we had a successful season with DirecTV, and that's a great name account for us. Um, at the CES show, it was very... It's, it's, it's good kind of eye candy stuff, I guess. At CES, a lot of people stopping by to look at this, and then we were able to introduce them to other products that we had because we've got a lot of cool things we're doing at Technicolor. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give them a, a plug on this, one of the things I didn't realize when they out the company I was working at, Syncast, was that they make 1 billion DVDs a year and those are the DVDs you buy you know, or rent from Blockbuster. So I didn't realize they make so many DVDs and obviously the business model is working for them right now but things are going to change, we're going to start seeing more and more electronic downloads. So they created this team called the Technicolor Electronic uh, Distribution Services Team and that's what I'm uh, a part of. And the whole idea behind this and some of the other things we do is providing content could be music, could be video on demand, it could be live video, having that all on, on uh, architected by us, maybe uh, hosted by us, and then providing a single source model for companies to provide that content. So okay. instead of you going to iTunes for this music and then another company for this music another company for this music, hopefully you'd come to one place that would be providing a universal right. way of getting that music. The storefront may change, right. the merchant may change. But the back end, we would be managing that and providing a consistent, uniform model for configuring, for reporting, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Now all you have to do is get the lawyers to agree.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not my job. <laughs> no,
0: no, that's not. So as you're building the system, what was? What, can you point to certain challenges that you faced?
1: Yeah, actually, I'll tell you one <laughs> thing. It took me a little while to, to figure out a better way of doing things with Silverlight was... As I was creating these different components and these different widgets, I would, I would, you know, I'd have a rectangle or I'd have, you know, a bunch of objects grouped together. It started occurring to me, it's a lot better to group them within a canvas. And whatever I do, always reference everything from a canvas, even if the canvas didn't really have any purpose to make all the mouse over events and everything else around that canvas, because then I could completely strip away the look and feel and yet still retain all the controllability that I had programmed. Okay. Whereas before I was saying if this rectangle, the user mouse is over, make the rectangle light up. Right. But then I changed the rectangle and put an image there or I put you know, something right. else, a circle. Well, now I've got to change my code a little bit. So I started making everything just canvases. Okay. Sometimes canvases within canvases, just organizationally, I found that okay. in blend. It helped me a lot to be able to collapse things down to four main canvases. Here's my top of the screen, the bottom of the screen, and where this is where my controls are? And this is where my widgets are for information. Expand them. It's a bunch of more canvases, and then expand those. But those are the things yep. I'm going to need to build dynamically more on the server.
0: Right. Now that reminds me of the technique, basically, that web developers might use in just using divs. Is there, exactly. Is it the same type of thing?
1: Exactly. And, okay. and it, it didn't occur to me that that's what I was doing until I started doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, eh, I've kind of seen, done this before somewhere, and I'm yeah. not really a full-time web developer, but right. and obviously I've used that technique. and Sure. It, yeah. It's like a container object that you can program against, and then whatever is underneath it okay. you know, obviously inherits all that behavior. So. Okay.
0: Now, did you do the, the graphic design and the XAML work on this?
1: I did all the XAML work, but the graphics design was done by the team at Technicolor. And that's one of the great things about having them uh, as, as, as our new owners is that they've got great resources. So we had a graphics team put together some really great shots for us of what they thought this could look like. Some of it I I had to translate into what I would like it to look like in XAML. Some of it I just literally took the images and imported them in. Okay. But obviously the way I'd like to do it is, and I demonstrated this to someone why you'd want to do this, is to actually rebuild all that in XAML and then in the future have them do it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is what I, I, on another screen I create a little um, button where you could k- keep expanding this as if you had this massive screen. and. The quality of the, the picture of all the images looked fantastic because they're all being built right. dynamically, right. Rendered. rendered as vectors. As vectors, exactly. Yeah. And, but when you looked at the images that we had, as you made them bigger and bigger, you <laughs> start seeing spottiness. And right. as at CES, we had this on a large LCD screen, and it looked pretty good. But I know that, that you know, vector based graphics really would knock people's socks off. And wherever mm. I did that on that, you could tell the difference. Right.
0: So, how large could this video get without losing any of its
1: fidelity? Um, well for the NFL, I mean that's a real world experience. Obviously here we are streaming from our data center, but it's you know, there's probably a handful of people who are running this and demoing this at any one time. But um, with the NFL we, we streamed three different streams. We had a seven hundred and fifty kilobits per second stream, three hundred and fifty and one hundred. The seven fifty was a pretty good full size screen experience. Three fifty was good when it was in a little window and the one fifty was really for people who were on dial up or whatever. Right.
0: There's still people like that out there?
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, there <wrong>. are. <laughs> it was interesting to see how this stuff was being viewed across the country. We we had 40 streaming servers set up across the country and handled at about 40,000, 30 to 40,000, I think, users is what our service level agreement was. Hmm. I know we could scale well beyond that. We were just very, very conservative. Hmm. But um, we handled, uh, I think at any one time, 10,000 people just surging on the net. And, and viewing stuff all at the same time. And, and you have to bear in mind, every single time they change channel, we record it. Every single time they try and, let's say if I was here watching a channel and then I decide to go to Starbucks and, and watch another channel, within a minute, this one would be kicked off. Really? So we were managing all that real time. I don't know how that would scale when you start getting to millions of users. Right. But it was. it's very, actually, let me show you one thing. It's, it's very interesting what you can do when you have that kind of level of statistics. Here's... um an example where we have five minute roll-ups, hourly roll-ups and daily interval roll-ups of what's happening. So here any time in the day we can say in that five minute period we authenticated 566 users but they were actually requesting 1,082 streams so some of those users were actually changing channels. Hmm. This is how many users discontinued watching and then how many errors we may have had. The errors typically were people who were um, their IP address didn't match the one we were streaming to, they've come in with one IP address so, we have this mechanism where to ensure, as well as the DRM part of it, to ensure that the user doesn't come into the system and then grab the link and give it to their friends. Right. We actually encrypt the, all the information of the channel they're trying to request. And on the back end, we actually then decrypt it and check that the IP addresses match the one with the system we're streaming to. So, if people were behind um, proxies. You know, proxies and stuff, right. those people had, had problems. Okay. And that's something we want to address on this next version. So, and then you'd see at any one time how many active users there are. So you can see that at this point in time, there were 3,000 users, and you can see the time changing, how many people are coming off the system, entering the system, and then we have statistics on new users in the last 24 hours. So even though people are coming and leaving, there are still people who haven't been on the system all day that are coming on. So it's very powerful, the kind of level of of statistics we can provide, five minutes per hour.
0: Now, are these just asynchronous calls going back to the (laughs) server?
1: Yeah. And then over here we have, picking one user, all the information you ever want to know about the stream they just had. So we can do this for every single channel change, but we have uh, a transaction ID, who that user was, what channel they were watching. Um, If there was any errors, it would list it here. The um, authentication of the stream, and then some configuration parameters that would send dynamically for this. And then the the application server that handled the authentication and the media server that handled the actual stream. And then the dynamic playlist. So we we built dynamic playlists for every single uh, thing you watch. So you can never actually get to that stream directly. You always have to go through the authentication. Okay. Which is a problem for Silverlight because we need the server-side playlists to be part of it. And I know in in 2.0 they're actually going to have that, is that correct? I don't know for yeah. sure. I think, I think they said, because I know when I talked to, I think it was Steve Sklepovich up in, in Redmond, and they had a, a, I don't know, were you there for that? It was like a two-day sure. session. No. For, I think it was just for partners at companies that were okay. partnered in, uh, with Silverlight on, on the website. We, we had a bit of blurb about our company and what we we're planning to do with it. Okay. And so they invited us up, and I talked with them, and I said, this is a problem for me because we've built the first phase of the system with that in mind. So they said, don't mind, it's coming in the second place. <laughs> all, please make this a <laughs> <I need> reality. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want people to be able to go straight to a WMD file. Sure. I want them to, to go to something that's obfuscated and also right. encrypted. So when they actually get the stream, there's no way they could ever know or have access to that stream directly. They right. always have to come through that mechanism. So yeah, so we capture a lot of information here. It's pretty granular. We, we provide statistics. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that... the 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 business
0: owners want to see yeah Yeah,
1: definitely and you know you can imagine if you're watching soccer games and you switch to a football game and people see that your change viewing habits are more football-oriented, or maybe they'll want to sell you a Brett Favre shirt. Right. And so we could have a little widget pop up and say, okay, Brett Favre just scored a touchdown. Do you want to buy a shirt now? Right. The next five minutes is $5 only. Can you imagine that? You know, right. score a touchdown, oh, you've yeah. five minutes to buy it, and you're like, know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About 10 minutes later, you might, no, why do I want a Brett Favre shirt? <laughs> I'm, exactly. a, I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan, <laughs> but there's that moment that, right. that comes. You could start bidding on on (laughs) game balls for the Super Bowl. There's all kinds of... And, you know, the whole social networking thing is something that we want to build into this, you know, where we have the chat room and people can be... And I saw this with the MLB, so obviously it's not uh, just a new idea or anything, but the idea that people could be chatting while a game is going on, but you could also be, like I say, you could be shopping, you could be bidding with other people. You know, there's a lot of different ways that, you know, we could use that event-based model, either driven by the user or driven by actual Mm -hmm. events. Uh... In the, in the event that you're watching.
0: So what's your favorite feature?
1: Of Silverlight? Of your application? Of my application? Hmm, that's a tough one. I think I like the picture-in-picture. Picture. I think I like being able to watch one game and the other game. Um, but that, oh, that's obviously something we've seen in TV. I guess the thing I enjoy programming the most, I know that sounds silly, is just being able to fade this stuff out. <laughs> I love, and being able to resize the screen. I love, seeing this stuff but having it goes through. Yeah. Because previously we were looking at, you know, a small Windows media player and information around it. Here we are, we've buried it into the background and I can recall it easily by moving my mouse over it. Or I can just fade this thing right back again. So it's it's kinda nice that that we're now getting on the internet where you can do these kinds of cool things right. in real time.
0: Well, I don't think that's silly because I think it's those types of small touches, not even really small, but mm-hmm. it's those types of things that really create a user experience that people mm-hmm. walk away from and, and talk about instead mm-hmm. of, yeah, I saw a video on the web. They're going to be like, yeah. I saw something really
1: cool on the web today. Exactly. And, you know, again, it, 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 we're trying to go to, across two different generations of people. The people who want to, don't want to see the clutter and the people who do and maybe you want to see the clutter, but you you know, you know want to kind of push it into the background. This is an enabling that. And the fact that you can move these things off screen as well right. means that you don't even have to have it cluttered on the screen. So what browser is running this right now? I'm using Internet Explorer, but you can run this just as easily in, in Netscape, right. and that's one of the great things about Silverlight. Right. We also tested this on the Mac, and I think that was we, we we changed some opinions there because I think there were some people that weren't sure that this would actually run on a Mac. And for, for technical, it's very important that we sure. are platform agnostic. Right. We're definitely going to, for any customer that wants to do this in Silverlight and Flash and whatever else they want, we'll, we'll make sure we provide all the different... Um, opportunities to to, to provide the, the technical things that they right. want, the technologies that they want. But it's nice that we can now say, here's a technology that don't worry about the name Microsoft. It really will run right. on all these different platforms and it runs beautifully.
0: Excellent. So when would we have a chance to see this running live for Live? Direct T V subscribers obviously.
1: I'm hoping, yeah, the next season, that we'll be able to put a lot of this stuff into production. We have a couple of of other customers that we're talking to that uh, that came out from the CES show. It just takes a long time to close these deals. You know, they're very excited. They give you a lot of calls. And then, well, now we've got to work out the details.
0: Right, right. And then the money's involved.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But, you know, I'm hoping sometime soon. Excellent. Well, right on. Thanks a lot for your time. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: And one more time, I'll just remind you, you can you can watch this video over on our website at getpixelated.com slash shows slash tech SL. That's T-E-C-H-S-L. And that way you can see all of Peter's work because the audio is great, but the video really does it justice. Either way, thanks a lot for checking out the show. And I'm going to talk to you soon. Pixelate Radio on the web at getpixelated.com. That's getpixel, pixel number eight, ed.com. All rights reserved. Copyright 2008. Infragistics, powering the presentation layer. Infragistics.com